Right now, everyone wants to stay entertained for less. So we're giving you a massive entertainment package for a teeny tiny price. Talk Talk TV and Faster Fibre is just £25.50 a month, fixed for 18 months, plus a year of Amazon Prime on us. Average speeds of 38 megabits a second, plus unlimited fast delivery. Thousands of movies, TV shows and more from Amazon Prime. Search Talk Talk TV. Talk Talk for everyone. Offer in 2nd of September, subject to availability, T's and C's apply. You're listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio. Hey everybody, this is Aaron Richmond, the host of Aaron's Opinion the podcast for blind people, where we talk about issues in the blindness community. Aaron's opinion can be heard almost anywhere you get a podcast, from Apple to Spreaker, Spotify, you name it, we're probably there. Also, you can join us on YouTube. Also, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and even Patreon. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a good week, Um, or whenever you're listening to it, hoping your day's going okay. I'm hanging in there. Today we have an an interesting guest, someone who I came across in one of our groups on Facebook. His name is Dominic Norton, and he would like to speak to us probably, I think think I'm suspicious that we're going to probably end up diving pretty deeply into some pretty fascinating topics. This is going to get good. Dominic, why don't you tell our blind listeners about being a, a, an ethical hacker and about uh, your experience at hackathon, ha- hackathons. Go for it. So to give you a little bit about my background, I, am, I was born and raised in London. I grew up a basketball player. I grew up an athlete, a high-level athlete, and I got recruited to play in college in America. I ended up going to a school called Tuskegee University in Alabama. And whilst at Tuskegee, I was an architecture student. I loved design and especially growing up in London, you see lots of fancy buildings. And I thought I wanted to be an architect until like most people, you get to university and you realize it's that topic that you thought you wanted to do your whole life you don't want to do and I ended up graduating in construction science management and working in St. Louis as an engineer but my role as an engineer was very specific I was working with emerging technology and when you're working with emerging technology you tend to immerse yourself in communities that are working with emerging technology and this is where I came across events called hackathons so hackathons are not breaking into someone's computer and trying to steal their information they're about solving problems so there might be a problem in the blind and visually impaired community and people will come together they will come up with ideas to solve it typically at the hackathons i go to you use technology but that's not a prerequisite to hackathons and in, in addition to hackathons, you have other, event, uh, other events called datathons, which focus on data. So maybe there's, especially now with the coronavirus, there's a lot of data out there and people may come together to make sense of it or visualize it in a particular way. Or there's mapathons and people will come together and they will come up with creative ways to map a city or a town or a village. So what my podcast focuses on and where my special interest is, is bringing people together to come up with the best solutions and to solve problems. And this is what leads me to the blind and visually impaired community, especially the events I go to. I don't see many blind and visually impaired people. And this greatly hinders the solutions that we end up coming up with because we don't have a diverse pool of people. We don't have the best people and we don't have a range of ideas from all different types of communities. And that, that is concerning and surprising. I would think that blind people would be much more active in this community. I would think so too, but I think... I mean, it's really um, weird. That's weird. I mean, as, I thought this was I thought this was a topic that that blind people would were immensely interested in. 
in my audience and probably in, in, in society? Well, for one thing, um, I'm going to start out by, by see, one of, one of the things I do, by the way, at Aaron's opinion, is I, do, I, I have one, I, I never make promises I can't keep, but I do have one promise I can, and it's this. I'm going to make sure that I help you by putting the link to your podcast in the, in the description of this video and making sure that other people know, you know, what your podcast is called and how they could reach out to you if they're interested, because I am, I am suspicious that there are many, many, many blind people who would be very interested in your knowledge and would want to network with you. And I think that, um, and I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some nasty comments for saying this, but I think that a lot of blind people um, maybe are feeling a bit isolated right now and are kind of not really feeling their best uh, emotionally. So I think that's affecting their willingness to participate in some of these events. So you really, we really need to try to reach out to some of these people through podcasting and say, hey, you know, get involved. You know, this is a really important thing. So off the top of your head, what are three problems that you want to solve um, that would benefit the blindness community? A mutual understanding. I don't know what it's like to be blind or visually impaired. Okay. And for me as a leader, me as a facilitator of teams and the organizers that I tend to interview, they don't know how to best facilitate the blind community. If you have a blind person, and typically at these events, the teams are relatively small. It's a team of five people, but you might have maybe 10 teams there or 15 teams there it's not a super competitive thing even though there are prizes it's more for fun and problem solving but there are groups of teams how do you facilitate events with blind people how do you teach sure sure others that are not used to interacting with the blind and visually impaired community right excellent and mm -hmm. integrating them into a team dynamic Sure. So what it what it all boils down to, Dominic, is you is you obviously are open, right? You're open to it, or else you wouldn't be talking to me, guys. I, I mean, for you, Dominic, for both of us, we're just we're we're just strangers. I I I don't actually. I basically a couple hours ago, I didn't really know why I wanted to talk to you to be overly <laughs> to be overly blunt and overly direct. Which, by the way, I am. I am a pretty blunt guy. I really had no idea who you were. All I knew was that you said enough to get my attention a few days ago, and I knew something about podcasts. So I thought, oh, I'll get him into a podcast and see what happens. But, but I'm so glad I did, because this is exactly the type of guest that I need on my show. And this is exactly the type of content that other blind people need to be listening to. The fact is, you reach out like this, like talking to me. You say, hey, here's what I do. And then you, you basically say, here's what I need you to do. If you, are, if you are speaking to the blind person, here's what I need you to do. And then they would do it. I think, I, I really think that what's happening is that right now with the health situation, I think more and more blind people are at home than ever before. And I think that not enough of them are out and, and interacting um, with you or with other people in this, in this community. Have you, um, have you posted about your concern that there are not enough visually impaired people, blind people in these groups and meetings? Have you posted about this um, in, in or on hackathon groups on Facebook? Have you talked about it? I've spoken more directly to organizers. And See, before because I would find, I mean, the, re the reason I'm asking that question is I would find it very hard to believe that in a hackathon group on Facebook, there's not one other blind person in the group. I would think that's just weird. If you have a group of hundreds of people, if not thousands, some of these groups, one of them has to be blind. So yeah, you've, you've spoken to organizers and yeah. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to all organizers directly and I typically don't advise them anything unless they really ask. And when I advise them, I usually highlight maybe gaps or stuff other people are doing that they can add to what they're doing. Right. But speaking to organizers about how do they facilitate different groups? Um, like, like I previously mentioned, uh, adults with ADHD. I'm speaking to uh, over here in the UK, a charity that deal with autistic adults. 
And how do you, how do we integrate all these different groups? Because, you know, together we can come up with the best solutions and especially I, I see in the blind and visually impaired support group, I see lots of people posting about apps and doing app reviews and saying there's a pr- different problems with apps and even Twitter, Twitter is not very accessible and there's lots of apps that can really help the blind and visually impaired community that, but it's not accessible because the teams developing these applications are not diverse enough. And, and, and on your, you're a thousand percent correct. And, and, and on top of what you said, which, which is correct. The other problem is that when they're developing these technologies, they aren't, they are not when you when you develop a technology if you want it to be accessible for blind people you have to do that first you have to decide that it's going to be accessible and then build it you can't build it and then wish it was accessible and that's what we have we have these companies that are doing great things that are building great technology that is becoming easier and easier over time to use but still we have very few companies that are building apps and technology with the intent to be accessible for blind people before anything else and that's really what that's that's what it is, and that's what you're noticing. Yeah. Another thing that I think about is that my main reason and my main focus on diversity is diversity of experience, mm-hmm. and the blind and visually impaired community community experiencing the the world in a completely different way than than I experience it, and in a lot of areas, it's much more enhanced than then I experience it in. And there's so much to contribute to communities and applications and technologies. And I think typically teams, and maybe maybe this is an, an unconscious bias, maybe it's trained, I'm not, I'm not too sure, but there, I think there is a f- school of thought there that the blind and visually impaired community, because they're part of that community, they cannot develop the the features needed for a Twitter, for a fa- Facebook outside of that community. You're you're hundred percent certain. Hundred percent correct. Hundred. I'm almost certain the blind and visually impaired community will come up with features, the best features that could probably ever be seen for Instagram or for Snapchat just because of the experiences that the communities have had. I'm, I'm really, gl- I'm really glad you're on this podcast um, because you're really, you're, you're bringing up points that I've met that have never occurred to me. It's a really, that's really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> I, so you're right. How do we fix it? I think first, and this is why I'm here. First, it's an awareness thing. Like, right. and it's, I think it's it's intimidating. I have grown up my whole life, and I have never had to be a part of the blind and visually impaired community. Never. And for me to learn, I had to go outside and find Facebook groups and try to join those Facebook groups. And if we were uh, even in here in London, we're still social distancing. So there's not much, not many in-person events, but I would have to attend those in-person events and get to know the community and get to understand. And it's a lot of listening. So even in the Facebook group, I don't really say too much. I'm, I'm listening. I'm asking questions. I'm there with an open mind and it's awareness of other people's experiences. I went through the same journey uh, in the LGBTQ community and I joined, I went to events and joined Facebook groups and it's a lot of listening, trying to understand and it is very different and it's, it can be uncomfortable at times, but if you want to facilitate innovation, if you want to lead teams, it's something you have to do that I don't think we focus on too much. But this this is the reason my podcast exists to explore those things and speak to organizers and see what communities are thinking about problem solving. Hmm. hmm. What's it called? This podcast it's called the Hackathon Podcast. The Hackathon Podcast. All right, available on Apple, right? 
Yep, available on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, almost every streaming platform, I believe. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool now we can get, and that's the other fascinating thing is that it's very easy today for us to share our message with the world. It takes very little effort. So it's really, it's really cool. It's really fascinating. But I think that, yeah, I think that it's, it's absolutely, absolutely true that companies are just not building apps around experience. Really what they build apps on is, is profit. It's all about profit. It's all about the dollar or the, you know, just trying to make, trying to make the extra pound, the extra quid, you know, but in the end, the companies that truly understand, you know, inclusion are the companies that are going to truly make, you know, the, the most, you know, you know, the most in profit. At least that's what I think. Yeah. And even, even when you think about Amazon and Google and the stuff they're trying to do in voice, you would think those teams that are working in voice would actually be mainly from the blind and visually impaired community because of how they navigate experience and life. But that's not the case. And there is a partly a pipeline issue, right? You have to, first you have to know these communities exist, which is why my podcast and your podcast exists. So to, to get the word out there that these people are alive and they're right. out there, and they're stereotypes and the stereotypes are generally wrong. And, but then you have to be willing to like engage and kind of develop a pipeline. And it's not just, it's not just, saying come and work at my company or come and join my team at this event is making people feel welcome and wanted at your event or at your company. And, and in an appropriate way to yeah. at, at the And that's really important yeah. to make someone feel welcome, but in a normal way. And that's, yeah. that's another thing that I have, I have, I have seen it where people go out of their way to, you know, to base, basically, I mean, this term is used loosely here, but it's used in a lot of other different philosophical contexts to basically love bomb you is what it's called, where they make you think you're truly wanted, truly needed. And then in the end, it turns out you truly are not. And that, yeah. and that really, what that does is that really, really, really affects blind people. It makes them, it makes them resentful towards sighted people and it makes them angrier and it makes them less likely to want to work for themselves. So that's one of the biggest problems that we have in, in the blindness community is that we have a lot of blind people who are either working very hard like me. And then there are a lot of other blind people who, you know, of out of no fault, you know, of no, usually no fault of their own, almost 99% of the time, simply it's not their fault, but they just are not able to find employment. They just are yeah. not able to find meaningful things. Well, it, what I'm my, my my point, you know, to to hammer home. I'm sure you understand it. Is that that really, really, really affects the psyche of the community of blind people, and it it really affects the way that we perceive the future, and it affects the fact that it it's going to we're going to end up with a society with a lot of blind people who are kind of resentful and not really wanting to contribute back. So it's quite, it's quite concerning, really, when you, when you actually stop and think about it, you know, I you think, interesting sure, sure. you brought up some interesting points, like, uh, I didn't know, I, I know blind and visually impaired because of, the, that's the name of the group, but I didn't know the term sighted, and I didn't know, like, typically especially now in today's day when it comes to women and ethnic minorities you kind of know the words that offend people the words that are specifically for that community you you know roughly where the boundaries are in terms of a healthy communication to and like you said like you don't want people to feel resentful you don't want to overdo it and i think we come to a place or where we're trying to strive more than ever to get to a place today where at least women and ethnic minorities are are being included in conversations where there's a mutual language and a mutual dialogue 
of what can be said and how things should be said and the right the right you called it what did uh love did you call it love bombing yes it's a it's a term where you want to make someone feel accepted in, in a community but you know in your heart that when you're reaching out to them you know in your mind you really don't want them you really don't need them but you want to pretend that you do. So you just shower them with love. Oh, we love you. Here's how yeah. you can help us. Here's how you can contribute. And it's called, in American English, it's called love bombing. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can overdo that. You can overdo it, right? And understanding like, and, and that's, that's why I joined the group. That's why I joined the community to understand where the parameters are. How do there, there is a gen. Obviously, each individual is different, but there is a general way to communicate with particular groups. And as you get to know individual people, you get to understand their personal likes and dislikes. But right. I had no awareness whatsoever, and there's no point in my I'm, life I'm, that I was taught that. Well, the, and that is, thank you. That, that's fine, Dominic. By the way, listener, I, I don't expect sighted people. <laughs> That's a, that's a new vocab. We're, we're going to have a vocab bar. We're going to have a vocab chart in this, in this uh, description, I think. Vocabulary use. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can be, I can be a little, I can be a little, uh, a little, a little facetious sometimes. I like to kind of, I like to kind of joke around and make it like hard. But no, they, no, we, 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 we might have a vocabulary chart that you need to memorize to listen to this episode. This is a bit, this is a bit of a complicated episode, I guess, but um. <laughs> My 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 point is I I do not ex I I do not expect sighted people to understand everything about blind people. The only thing I uh, the only thing I expect is that sighted people are normal. And if you're normal, like you, Dominic, if you're a normal person who's willing and ready to work with blind people, then I'm willing and ready and and ready to listen to what they have to say. That's all. It's really yeah. that simple. Yeah, it's it's definitely, and I think <clears throat> I do. I think the awareness, I think society is becoming, I, I like to think society is becoming more aware of these things, especially now. I don't like, think, well, I, I would, I mean, I, there, there, I would, I would, I would respectfully disagree slightly there. I, I, okay. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think, as I said, I think the problem is getting worse and worse and worse. We're home more and more. We're interacting less and less with all this, you know, social distancing and all of that. I think the problem is actually getting worse. And I would, I would, I would love your feedback, or I, I would love to hear your your analysis on how you think the um, current health situation will end up affecting uh, the disability community as a whole. What do you think about that? Because I think it's going to have a profound effect. Actually, I think the health situation is having a profound effect on on everybody in the world. But 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 what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you that I think it's having an effect on everybody. But let's, if we just focus on, I guess, disability or even more specifically blind or visually impaired, I definitely 100% agree it being affected, especially psychologically, a lot, a lot. And, it, and it's, it's interesting because we, I, even though I do say we're becoming more aware, like as, as society, as people, I haven't heard one conversation over here in the UK about people with disabilities or blind and visually impaired. That, con that, that concerns me. How so many, in, both in the, the US and the, I'm trying to really think, how many high up politicians in the UK are blind or- the, Actually, this is cool. And this is really, this is really creepy that I know this information on, um, on September 11th, you know, 2001, you know, where there was the terrorist attack in the United States. No. This is public. Not every, a lot of people know this part, but a lot of people don't know the second part. President Bush called the, at some point was put in touch over phone by, by the, or to the British minister of um, Homeland Security, your, your Ministry of Homeland Security. And at that time, that person, that Minister of Homeland Security was blind, actually. Oh, that's, that's cool. Did, that's did cool. you know that? No, I didn't. 
Really? <laughs> I didn't. That's where a lot of British people know about that. Yeah, there was the, the minister. I, I believe the minister of Homeland Security in the UK in 2001 was a blind person. So we there have been so there have been blind people in, in political positions throughout history. Yeah. Um, but just like right there, you didn't know about it. See, that's the problem. Not enough people knew. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, there's two sides to it, right? I, I as, as a person, I, I would actually say I don't need to know whether the person's blind or not. But the blind communities have to improve. They have to feel the positive effects of having that representation. Just right. like when you talk about ethnic minorities, having a black person or a black president or that's okay. But unless the black communities that that person comes from feels the positive effects because there's somebody that's from that community that understands the challenges then it doesn't really matter. I, I, don't, I, I don't need to know they're blind, but I do need to see a positive change in the blind and visually paired. It's an, outsta- an outstanding remark to make. And you're, you, could not be, you could not be more accurate. What, what's the point? Exactly. They need to make the positive impact then if they're able to get you know, that high level of success or to that position, they need to have a really, a really, 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 um, really positive impact. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely correct about that. And and that's a collaboration and and I'm just fascinated with collaboration and problem solving. And like I I, I did mention some other groups like autistic uh, adults, adults with ADHD. I have a guest coming on the show that has a business and she brings therapy dogs into workplaces to help people de-stress. And Again, focusing on innovation and problem solving. One, one, or oh, maybe this will lead into an, an, uh, another flow of conversation is for the blind, uh, and obviously you can't speak for the whole community, but for the blind and visually impaired community, what is need? Like you mentioned a feeling of resentment. What's mm-hmm. needed for the connection, the integration to be felt welcomed without love? Yeah, uh, yeah love. Without, without the love, exactly. And that's exactly the right follow-up question. What needs to be done is that I think I am, I am suspicious that in the United States, my, my basic, basically what happened, and I'm going to scratch this is the tip of the iceberg basically what happened is i graduated from university in the field of international relations and i was not able to find a job so luckily because i wanted to be a teacher i got into teaching online and now that's what i've been doing for five years and that's that's perfect it's 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 a perfect job for me so now i i have a job um when i'm not doing this podcast i started the podcast about a year ago um i mean i think what what needs to happen is i i in my heart truly believe that at least in the United States, we need to have some, some system. We need to change some laws that basically requires blind people somehow to have a, a job. And until it's required, we're going to have this problem, I think. But the other good answer is, I don't know, because there's so many other factors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And is that something the blind community has advocated for before? What what are the general conversations and attitudes within the community? In 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 my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion, the conversations in the community amongst ourselves are quite negative, in my opinion. Um, there have been a lot of, there's just so much negativity. That's the other thing that I notice in the community too, is that there's so much negativity in the community that, you know, we have blind people that pull down other blind people, you know, basically, you know, so it's really, it's really quite, it's really quite ridiculous. And quite frankly, I've lost my patience for it. I, I don't usually reach out to people on Facebook unless I think they truly deserve the connection. And that's why I reached out to you. I don't know what you said um, exactly, 
I forget which post I saw, but it must have been something good to get me to message you. Tr trust me for that. Well, let's, let me just tell you this, that um, you're listening to Aaron's opinion, a very, quite frankly, listener, a very impromptu and a very sudden episode. Wasn't necessarily planning this, but so glad we're having this conversation right now. This is going to be a, a great recording for sure. I'm Aaron Richmond. This is Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people. We're talking about issues in the blindness community with Dominic Norton all the way in London, England. And I'm so glad, so glad you stayed up so late on this Friday night. Um, on the radio side, you can take a break right here. We'll be right back. And the other, the other question that I have for you on a much lighter, lighter topic is, Dominic, do you love coffee? I don't love coffee, actually. Well, that's too bad because our sponsor is coffee. Uh, Aaron's <laughs> opinion... Aaron's opinion you could you could have just lied that would have that would have been that that would have been acceptable to lie on a podcast it's 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 a podcast it's 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 okay to lie it's all right all right well um well without well without well without his help I can say that Aaron's opinion is, is brought to you Aaron's opinion is brought to you by Blended Joe LLC dot com. If you love uh, fruit in your coffee, if you love nuts, if you love light coffee, dark dark coffee, if you love in the middle, or hey, maybe you want to buy a certain coffee that supports a charitable cause that you agree with. Well, Blended Joe, we've totally got you covered. As I like to say, I guarantee, guarantee that you will love that whether you're sitting on your couch listening to Aaron's opinion, or if you're on the go, you'll love every sip from Blended Joe. Until the end of August, 20% off promo code Aaron A A R O N. All right, back to our guest who doesn't like coffee. Okay, go. So, what other topics do you want to talk about? <laughs> what What else? So, I think I think you're I think you're really on to a lot of really important conversations that need to be had and need to be need to be broken down quite quite a bit in the community. Um, now, now we don't we don't get into and we don't need to get into personalities, but I, I just have to ask if you're on our particular group on Facebook, have you had other conversations with other blind people? Maybe just on Facebook in, in general. Not really. I mainly I mainly listen. Like I said, I don't, I, I'm new to the community, so I kind of I don't really know the rules of of like communication and engagement right well the so, rules would be well it's facebook so the rules i mean that, that's a good question the rules would basically be the same it's facebook see so it's the facebook rules you talk to whoever you want to mm -hmm. i see and i i come from the tech world too so in the tech world there's there's things not that you don't say but there's, there's, especially with people you don't know, there's lighthearted, lighthearted conversation, there's deeper conversation in the, the black communities, there's things you say, things you don't say, and that's why I said I joined the Facebook group, and I just, want, I just wanted to learn to begin with and kind of ease my way in and fit in. I found mm -hmm. I found it interesting, especially as a as a tech guy. I found it interesting about the some of the apps that were in there and what people were saying about the apps. And I, I did answer a few questions about experience, like how did you discover these apps? And it's it, it just fascinates me. Like when you talk about experience, mm -hmm. that, that's that's my biggest thing. Uh, like a like I said at the beginning. I was born and raised in the UK and right. as a basketball player, I traveled pretty much my whole life and mm. I ended up going to university into rural, really, really rural Alabama from the inner city, London to really rural Alabama. That's almost two completely different cultural spectrums, but I got to learn about experience and now I don't agree with every, everything, especially in Alabama. But I had to appreciate other people's experiences and how they view life in through a different lens. 
So listening is like super, it's it's grown to be super important to me and coming to the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. that's, That's what I've been focused on right now. And I will find a way to fit in and try and contribute. And I want to help where, where I could possibly help. I'm not, I'm not even quite sure where I can help other people quite yet. Yeah. Well, I think for one thing, I think you should put your, um, oh, let's see. I think you should put your podcast uh, in our group. I think you okay. should post it. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to get, go get, go get your link. Um, and I'm going to certainly listen to what you have to say because what you have to say is interesting, but you should certainly, in fact, it, after we record, if you could send me your latest episode, I'll put it in this, in this, um, you know, in, in the, in the description. Um, but it's really, it's really interesting stuff really is. Um, as far as basketball. So did you, um, so did you play like a, like a, like a, pro, like, like professionally? Uh, at a young, at a young age, I played professionally. So in Europe is very different to America. America, right. you're not considered. You really can't play pro outside the NBA in America. But in Europe, you have lots of leagues where it's professional from a young age. Mm-hmm. And you grow up. You could be playing on a pro junior team, and you could be relatively young. And it's it's just a whole different system. Right. Yeah. Basically. So basically you're saying in basketball for Europe, they have like the minor leagues, like different levels of teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the, in the States, I mean, I don't know, I'm not an expert about it, but I think what happened was in the States, they decided that college basketball is the minor leagues. And if you're good enough at that level to play in the NBA, then you can get it. So were, so were you in the NBA by the way? Oh, no, 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 I wasn't in the NBA. Are, are 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 you sure? Because because if you were, you can tell me. I'm not. I'm no, not gonna. No, I definitely. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Actually, some people some people would hide some some people would hide that at first and be a little shy about admitting that. You'd be surprised. But but yeah, that's um. Well, I don't know. What what would be your dream team if you could like try out for any NBA team? Who who would you try out for? Are you familiar with uh, Houston Rockets? Well, I I mean sounds familiar Houston Rockets okay what do you like about the team why why what part of your personality jives with the Houston Rockets it was one of the first teams I ever watched play and it's one of the first teams that I said oh man I wanna I love this this is this is good I don't know I don't really know what's going on quite yet but at a very very young age I I watched Houston Rockets and ever Mm -hmm. since then I loved them really Cool, cool, excellent. Yeah. Well, um, and what and what countries did you play in, um, in Europe? Oh man, uh, France, Spain, Slovenia, Germany. I think that's about it. Cool. I think that's about it. Well, that well, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh wow. Wow. Okay. So you were, so you must, you must be a, a very, very, very gifted athlete then if you were playing on all these teams. I wouldn't say a very, very gifted athlete. I was just fortunate. That's excellent yeah. response. Perfect response. You probably would, if, if you were that good to play on all those teams, you probably would make it on, on the Houston Rockets. You oh, probably, I, I don't know. Make it on the you don't say, I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it out of curiosity. Like how, like, it's kind of a weird question, but like how much more would you have to do to play in the NBA in comparison to the playing, to the level of play that you're used to? Like what, like, like really what's the difference? Uh, yes. From, from college level skill. Well, no, skill. I mean, what I mean is from your skill set as a player, how much yeah, more how much more fun. would you how much more would you have to do how much more energy would you have to put in or skills would you have to have to be at the nba level yeah my skills would have to be much more refined i would have to be in at least from university level i would have to be in much better shape but also life life works in funny ways like opportunities work in funny ways like I said, I was fortunate to go to all those countries. I know people that were as good as me, better than me, that didn't have the opportunities that I had. Mm. Same at the university level. There's lots of people that don't get scholarships to play a sport at university, but they're good enough to play. 
Like life does, it, it, it's just life. Life just works like that. Yeah, yeah, cool. And now, and now, and now, do you speak French? No, I don't. No, I don't speak French. <laughs> oh, because 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 uh, French Bongo? because French. Oh, that oh, that's good because be, 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 because French is my second language. So oh, I I definitely I'm not even close to you. I see. I, well, what, and what and what part and, and, and what part of France were you living in when you were playing in France? So I I mostly went there for tournaments and games, but I spent a lot of time in Paris and Calais. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah, I've been, I also studied abroad in England, um, taking my coursework in basically international relations. I've been to France three times. I've been to Montpellier, Nice, Aix-en-Provence, Strasbourg, but never, um, never Paris, never the capital. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's also very ironic. I speak French, but I've never been to Paris. Yeah. Um, I've been to the Czech Republic, Poland, Amsterdam, Austria, Germany, uh, places mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Europe's a fun place, you know. I never realized how easy it is to travel to travel to different countries in Europe until yeah. I went to the States. The States is so big. Right. Like, you can be driving for hours and not even leave the state. True, true. And that's, it's, it's interesting because I think that's how our country developed. You know, we developed as a, as a society that was supposed to be different from Europe. Um, and we basically <clears throat> developed as a very individualistic society. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's can be very, it can be very isolating to live in the United States. We are not connected with other, other countries nearly as often. So, yeah. It's it's tough, but there's not there's not really anything I can do about that. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I guess one of my, one of my questions, sure, do is like we discussed some of the problems, like uh, the like we just mentioned the isolation and some of the psychological problems, and even when you get to problems of you spoke about internal conflicts within the blind and visually impaired community of, of which there are many right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and do our, our events held to try f- find solutions like this is this is what hackathons are about right and even though the way i framed it i framed it in a techno technological sense you have different variations that sometimes it's just coming up with ideas. Sometimes it's coming up with designs. Sometimes, like I said, focus on maps or data or building hardware. You have these different types. Do you have any of these kind of events in the community? So we have, of course, I mean, if, if you want more information, you should look up the National Federation of the Blind. They do, in fact, have conventions this year they had to have a virtual convention, but really they never really, in my, in my opinion, it's never, it's never marketed, I guess. It's never really delivered in the sense of we need to hear the problems we need to fix. So it's just the problems just kind of keep getting worse and worse and worse you know, with, with every year. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's, it's, it's really interesting. It, and, and it's very concerning. It's, it's both no. interesting and concerning because the problems that I'm seeing are not, are not problems that are getting better. The problems that I'm seeing in the community are, are really, in my estimation and, and in my opinion, worsening and worsening with every year. The difficulty for me and where I especially find an interest within the blind and visually impaired community is at least in hackathons and hackathon type events, you want to be focused on solutions. And if you think about your everyday life and how you navigate, especially navigate places you haven't been before, you're focused on discovery. You're focused on solutions. It, 
And that is a frame of mind, that creative frame of mind that you need to be a really great problem solver. I believe the community is naturally great at solving problems. And it's interesting that there is this internal conflict going on or there is this really super emphasis on the problems when actually the community is naturally built for solution-based thinking. Yeah, that's, that's, you're 100% correct. If there's any community that should solve the problems, it should be the blind community. De- definitely, yes. And I don't, I don't understand it. I think that, again, I think a lot of it has to do, much of it stems from the collective resentment that is building up within the community over years and years and years. I really think that's what is a lot of it, a lot of the problem. So... What does a step forward in the right direction look like in your opinion? Sure. A step forward for me would be that the, the United States as, as a whole, the country would pass new laws that would basically order, basically order blind people to get jobs and basically yeah. say that it's no longer socially acceptable for blind people to just, you know you know, complain about things and not reach their full level of potential. That's the change that needs to happen. We need, we need to say, this is not okay anymore. And until our community says that all is one voice, we're going to continuously have this problem. So I, I invite you, um, Dominic, and I hope and I know that you will share this episode uh, with your community, with other people in the I guess hackosphere, and maybe maybe some of your friends can hack into my show and talk to me because I would love to talk to these other hackers. I guess you know, but I think that's what really needs to happen is that we need to we need to to socially decide that it's not acceptable. For let me give you a really good one. For example, in England, um, in in my opinion and in my observation, um, people in England are a bit overly strict about rules and manners. And if you, if you fail to maintain appropriate manners, you have failed. See, so your society in England has decided that when you're in a public place, there's a certain way that you act. And if you don't behave properly, you get in trouble, which is true. So that's really what needs to happen here in, in, in the States. We need to we need to have we need to change the social norms, and I really think that we still have some very old and some very antiquated social norms that are not actually fixing the problem and that really need to be changed and changed badly because if there's any time for people to decide to start making changes, this would be a great time because when the world gets better. And when the floodgates open of new jobs, new opportunities, blind people are going to be the first people who want the jobs and blind people are going to be the people who will always be discriminated against in some way. So it's quite... explore that a little more. I'm I'm interested in the job. Mm -hmm. So you graduated in international affairs. I I do want to go a little bit into your education. Um, Sure, sure. So um, I graduated in the field of international affairs where you're supposed to like be a diplomat and work in the foreign ministry and stuff like that. Probably, and and obviously, nothing, by the way, it's nothing personal about you. But obviously on a podcast, I, I, I do not give out all of the personal details of my own life. But I'll tell you, in summary, I'm someone who's probably faced discrimination, right? So yeah. probably when it came time for, as we say in American English, for the rubber to meet the road, you know, society wasn't there. Society wasn't ready. So that's probably what happened. Is that on, is there a bad recruiting? Is it st- stereotypes? Is it the bad recruiting? Sure, sure. Excellent, uh, excellent follow-up. Excellent follow-up. All, um, all of it. Um, the other, the other thing is there's, you know, politics are involved. You know, um, we, we even, even in America, 
in my opinion, we have issues with corruption and, and irresponsible people and people who are in jobs who shouldn't have that job and all of that, you know? We have plenty of problems in America, trust me. We're, we're a huge country. We can fit one problem. Actually, there's 50 problems in our country. We have at least one problem in every state. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's a lot of what happened is that I faced such profound discrimination at one point. I needed to just work for myself and go about my own business and go about my own way. Luckily for me, I'm blessed with, with a great mind and motivation and a voice to talk to the world. So I got into online work and, you know, I kind of work, you know, I just work for myself and go about my business. And that's, that's great for me in a sense. But what really scares me is that a lot of blind people, many of them maybe do, maybe do not have the, the verbal skills that I have, the English skills, the broadcasting skills that I may or may not have, you know, maybe there's a lot of blind people who would really need to have a job you know, a standard nine to five in an office who really are not able to work for themselves and self-motivate. So then, you know, you're, you're basically excluding an enormously high number of people in our population. And what you end up with is you end up, as I said, with a country of a lot of very, very resentful blind people and a lot of people who are in the end dependent upon the government. So it's kind of a lose-lose economically, too, when you study the, the economics of the machine, too. It's a lose-lose in that one, too, for that, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did anyone advise you on how it would be? You know, what, you know what your questions remind me of? They remind me of when Aaron Richmond was on your podcast. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm in, I am, I am pompously, I am pompously inviting myself to your podcast so that you can ask these outstanding questions. Please, please give me that opportunity. You want me on your podcast. I'm, I'll be honored to be your guest. Your questions are so good that I want to be in your audience on your podcast so that people can hear my story. I really want to do that with you. Yeah. Um, people, um, people probably did advise me, but when you're a young person, you don't listen, you don't listen to advice yeah. and you don't, you don't understand the reality of discrimination. And really when you're a young person, you don't know what discrimination is until it's too late. And then I say to myself, this is why my parents were overly strict because they knew that discrimination would be really, really, really bad. I didn't understand it because a child or a young person or someone in university, you know, uh, you know, this podcast is marked explicit so I can get a little colorful here. You know, when you're in uni in the States, you got your head so far up your ass, you know, you can't, <laughs> half, the time, half the time you can't tell what to do, you know? So th th this is no, th this should be no surprise to me now as, as a successful adult, now I understand it. Luckily, I have a job now. Yeah. So that's the good news. But you're an uh, entrepreneur, you're self-employed. Right. Is, you, have, you have been blessed with many skills. Uh, Thank you. And right. like, like you mentioned, and it's the same, same as I mentioned too, I've had unique opportunities, and there's other people just as qualified that haven't had those opportunities. Chris, Exit. Are there ways for them to get no. those? No, this is, this is the problem, right? Because now, because there's, it's really sad when you think about it, but now that there, but now that there's Aaron's opinion, we can't have John's opinion, right? Cause I've got my opinion. <laughs> so, you know, this is the problem, right? This is exact. You, you really hit the nail on the head. This is exactly what goes on. You know, one person takes a job, right? Takes a niche right? Fills a place in the economic pyramid, in the food chain. My, my role in the, in the food chain is secured. I'm, I'm either, I'm, I'm the shark, I guess, helping other people, you know, educating other people, talking to the world, but that's my job in the ecosystem, right? So see, yeah. you can, you can just look at science and look at an ecosystem to understand it. Well, then you're always going to have people without work. You're always going to have people with work. The problem is, is that the blind people need to be the people who have the jobs. And the other problem is, is that your average sighted person, not you, because your, your comprehension is truly above average. And I mean that your comprehension is really stellar, but the, your average sighted person, right. Doesn't think about this is not, and, it, and it's totally not their fault guys. I'm, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm, I'm not blaming anyone in my audience or in the podcasting community. 
no one's at fault here. This is life, right? Um, as I said earlier, I don't expect sighted people to understand this, but I do expect, I do expect that we're going to have a lot of challenges in our community. And I do expect that at some point, as I said before, the rubber is going to meet the road. We got to make the change. So, I don't expect, mm -hmm. I don't expect the general population of sighted people to understand. I do expect sighted leaders to understand. It's a really, really powerful leadership statement. Really powerful statement. Yeah. Leadership's different, you know. If you're just if you're just what we might call over here just an average Joe, it's not that you don't matter. Just, right, just an average but, MP, right. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. You're responsible. You're responsible for yourself. You're responsible for your family. When you are an elected official, when you are a teacher, when you are there's certain roles in our societies where you're responsible for other people. Right, exactly. And you'll go you're naturally going to be responsible for someone that's blind and visually impaired, for somebody really that's, that's dead. really I say, you know, who to, who taught you all this? Have you been secretly <laughs> listening to Aaron's opinion? Are you a secret listener? Hello? 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 Is he out there? <laughs> Have you been have you been spying? Wait, am I am I getting tapped? Have you been tapping my show for like a year without me noticing? But this is what happens with Well, have you? <laughs> when, you go to, when you go to these events yeah. and you meet these different types of people and hear their stories and you realize how much you don't know about all these different communities. And and I'm I'm really I'm 26. I'm relatively not young, and if I say, "Oh, I want to start a company," or "I want to be an entrepreneur," and I want to employ people, I can't just employ sighted people because the best person, that's the person that's most qualified, might be blind and visually impaired, or they might be autistic, and they're the they're the most qualified. So I have to have an understanding on how to facilitate their talent. Yeah, you really get it. You really get it. You really really get it. We have about three, holy moly, do you get it? You know, there's not many guests where I say, you, you, you got, you got, you got it. I, you know what, you know what, this episode, this is just going to be called bingo. You know, that's what, bingo, you got it. This, that's what this one is called. You really got, you, you I'm, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by you now. Um, I'm, I am certainly going to download and subscribe to your podcast and see what other, what other issues you, you're, you're concerning yourself with. Because I'm 29. Actually, I thought you were older than me. And for someone of your age to be so concerned about things that are so important, that, that really, from the bottom of my heart, God bless you for that. That really, that will really, really, really serve you well. That really, really will. And, and, this, and, and we disagreed on it. And I, I can kind of, I can see I'm in a very, I'm in a bubble where I'm speaking to all these different people. So I, I think because I'm speaking to all these different people, that society is changing drastically, mm -hmm. but I'm speaking to people like you that are kind of on the progressive side of change, when actually that might not be an accurate representation of the whole of society. It's interesting that you use the word progressive, by the way. That word, um, well, I don't want to get into a big discussion, but progressive doesn't always mean, it doesn't always mean the same things. You know, change... Well, I, I actually I resist for most in most things in society I, I resist change, but I'm telling you that as far as as far as the issue of blind people goes, we need to make changes. See, that's the difference. Yeah. But no, actually I, I usually resist change. So I mean I'm telling you that to be honest, you know, um, that's yeah. it's a really it's really fascinating that you picked up on that because I I, I will tell you I I do not call myself I, I am not at all progressive, um, in in a lot of things, but but I I see. I see that we need we need to seriously make a lot of changes. That's that's the difference. Yeah. So it's been great speaking to you. Are we coming up to? Uh, As a matter almost... of fact, you have another you have another minute. Um, I mean, is there any any final big message you want to give to my audience? Be patient. It's hard. I think one of the biggest things about my podcast that I'm learning is people are extremely hard to deal with yeah but it can be worth it you know for Always every inter for every 10 bad interactions you're going to have one that makes up for everything and it makes you forget everything and yeah. it's about breaking down those barriers that's why i joined the community 
That's why I have my podcast. I'm really glad you did. You know what? Bingo. <laughs> that's all I can say for that. You've been listening. That's about all I have. I, I am 100% sure that I'm going to have you back on my show because I'm determined. I'm, I'm telling you, you need to come back. I'm going to set this up for you. Um, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be a, a, a regular. You're going to be a regular. You're going to be very familiar on, on this show. All right, everybody. Well, that was a lot to take in, wasn't it? I really enjoyed that, though. Aaron Richmond, by the way. Aaron's opinion available almost everywhere. You hear a podcast. Don't forget we're on YouTube. Don't forget we're on Patreon. And as I like to say, I really enjoyed this episode today. Um, thank you to everybody. Have a good day today and a great day tomorrow. As a business owner, things are really hard right now. It doesn't matter what kind of business you run, we're all looking for the right financial support to help us find a way. From the bread makers and the risk takers to the B&B owners and the work from homers, the hop heads and tech led, break of dawners and midnight oilers, the British Business Bank, backed by UK government, is here to help you find a way. Get started by searching British Business Bank to access financial information that could help your business. Postpone the procedure with L'Oreal Revitalift Laser Renew SPF 20. Our most advanced formula with Proxylane, Niacinamide and SPF 20. It helps protect the skin from UV rays and to help fight the appearance of wrinkles and dark spots. L'Oreal contacted 163 real women using Laser SPF 20 and 81% of them said they'd delay a professional anti-aging treatment having used it. Try it yourself. Visit boots.com and search Laser SPF.